Welcome to Permission to Kick Ass, the show that gives you a virtual seat at the bar for the real conversations that happen between entrepreneurs. I'm interviewing all kinds of business owners, from those just a few years into freelancing to CEOs helming nine-figure companies. If you've ever worried that everyone else just seems to get it and you're missing something or messing things up, this show is for you. I'm your host, Angie Coley, and let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Permission to Kick Ass. With me today is my new friend, Patrick Rogers. Say hi. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show, Angie. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I can just feel the good energy is coming on this one. All <laughs> right. It. So tell us a little bit about your business and what you do. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, a little bit of a backstory. Um, you know, uh, I, I was actually in college. I was a nuclear engineer, studied, I was fascinated with fission and fusion and wow. and uh, made it through first year of college. And my parents could only afford, you know, one year. And so going in sophomore year, I had a 4.0 and was in great shape. And and uh, all the men in my family were, you know, were in the Navy. And when the opportunity presented itself for a full ride scholarship to become a nuclear naval officer, uh, which uh, I was fascinated with. And at the same time, the opportunity to defend my country and freedom, I jumped on it got the scholarship and then I became a commissioned offer officer um proud to serve my country and and uh, I decided after my first child was born I exited the military and pursued a career with a fortune 100 company as district sales manager and while I was successful in that I also realized that working for the man is not going to get me to where I want to be in life that's when I got into started a property management company uh, started flipping houses to to generate wealth which is you know what what many of us are after and turns out I was pretty good at business so successful at scale in my company that was approached by other CEOs of property management companies who asked me to mentor them and that's how I broke into the consulting world uh, which is where I am now coaching and consulting. And so I ended up coaching CEOs in just about every industry. I still do coach occasionally. I'll take on clients uh, since 2009, very successfully. And, you know, my average client went from working 60 plus hours a week to less than 20 and uh, increasing wow. their profits by 200, 300, 400%. And, you know, I think I've coached upwards of 250 business owners over the years. And what while coaching was and is very rewarding, I've now turned my focus to mergers and acquisitions. And so what I do now, Angie, to long-winded answer to your question is I help founders and CEOs of four to $40 million companies who want to grow faster, are burned out, or just not making the income they once dream of. Um, I, I help them grow through acquisitions. That's incredible. Yeah, thank you. Blown away by that journey. And I can honestly say, I'm pretty sure you're the first nuclear engineer that I've had on the show. That's awesome. All right. We're having Woo-hoo. milestones all day today. <laughs> and wow, like what a journey. What a big switch to go from Navy vet to working for right. this company to becoming to becoming an owner of a company to consulting. And wow, every evolution, I'm just kind of fascinated about like what led you to that decision. Was it something that you fell into? Was it something that you got introduced to? Like, how did that happen? You know, great question is um, when, when I was working for the company, I was trying to generate wealth and I was doing it through flipping houses. (laughs) And there's just something inside of me that just, just, I get, I get motivated by taking something that is somebody else's, you know, I won't say trash, but you know, there's an opportunity for improvement. So I totally get motivated by being able to find the thing that needs to be fixed, fix the thing and and then move on. And so early on, I identified that, you know, not property management, but flipping houses was good. You make a lot of money at it, but what if you could do the same thing in businesses? I actually attended a conference 
15 years ago, no, 10 years ago. And it was about how to flip businesses. And I said, well, I'm not quite ready for that. Maybe I was, or maybe I wasn't, but I wanted to know business inside and out before I started doing that. So that's why I became one of the reasons I became a coach is so I would force myself to learn business and get paid to do it. So that when I do start doing mergers and acquisitions and buying my own companies as well, I'm going to know what the heck I'm doing. Oh, that's fascinating because that was one of the things that I was writing down as I was listening. It's like, I imagine that there are some people that are listening that are interested in that and they're going, but don't you need an MBA for that? Did you get an MBA nope. or was that all no, on the job No, absolutely not. Now yes. I see, see all these things behind me, these books, read every single one, not twice, but uh, a lot of them. And I've taken so many courses and have so many mentors. Uh, it's just, there's a real power in, you know, finding someone who has done what you want to do and and snuggling up really close to them. <laughs> I kind of love that visual. And the one, right? the image yeah. that popped up into my head was me grabbing one of my mentors and snuggling him and being like, yeah, just right. me, yeah. tell me just your secrets. Osmosis. Just give me what you got. Come on, Br- bring it on. <laughs> I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And I had no idea that the conversation was going to go there. Uh, but like, there are so many of us, I feel that hold ourselves back from making any kind of steps or changes because we feel like I don't have the education or I need to commit to this multi-year MBA and learn a whole bunch of stuff that may or may not help me on this journey. And so I love that you came at it from the perspective of, I'll get paid to learn this. I'm just going to go dig into businesses while I get paid to learn more about how to run a business. Exactly. And the fact that you had the awareness to make that a conscious decision. I had something similar happen very early on in my freelancing journey. So like we're we're now a world away from what you do, but uh, this was more creative service business. I didn't really know anything about business. And Mm. I was very new to the world of copywriting and marketing. And so I had like a twofold problem. I've got to solve both of these things. And that was my decision too. I'm going to go in-house and get paid and get mentored in being better at copywriting. Totally. Love it. Stack up some wins and get some results and learn what I don't know I, I need to know. Yeah. And then go out and learn the business skills. And I feel like there are a lot, of, especially in the creative industry, might not be as much of a, an issue in the field where you work, but like people think in creatives that I'm not good at business. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. And newsflash, right, a lot of us right. don't. Yeah, no, it's just, it takes, it takes time. And, and, and again, it, it takes somebody who's the best, best business people are willing to learn. They're coachable, mm-hmm. they're humble. And they understand and know that somebody else before them has done it better and just, just learn, just be willing to be coachable. Yeah. We're never the best at what we do and we're never the worst either. And everybody is just, I think as long as you come into it with that intention of trying to make something out of Mm -hmm. what you're doing and trying to help people. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So tell me a little bit more about the consultancy, because I know that that's fairly new. Am I correct on that one? Yeah, so the mergers and acquisitions consultancy, and you know, in the last six months, uh, I mean, I've done acquisitions myself. I've purchased companies, and, and that's one of the things that really hit me is that, you know, I was coaching these clients for the last ten years and helping them get growth. They're getting, you know, maybe ten to fifteen percent organic growth, which is decent, right? You know, if you're a five million dollar company, you're getting fifteen twenty percent growth. It's not that bad. That's big, but <laughs> but two hundred percent growth through acquisitions. Well, now we're talking, right? And, yes. and that's what we're doing is we're helping uh, each every business pretty much double their size every year. So if you're a $5 million 
company this year, uh, next year you'll be a $10 million company. And then the year after that, you'll be a $20 million company. And the year after that, you'll be 40. And so this is very possible. And, and, you know, the whole concept of this is it really hit me. I went to one one of those men's retreats. Actually, it's still, you know, an ongoing thing, but you know, there comes a time when you're like, what am I really here for? And, and I found out and figured out that what I stand for is freedom. Everything in my life has been all about the pursuit of freedom. And I want to spread freedom throughout the world because when entrepreneurs win, truly win, I'm not talking $1.7 million business growing 10% because that person is stuck in the business. They're not able to really impact the world. I'm talking true freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 that is the bedrock of the world. Not only do they create generational wealth for their families, but when entrepreneurs get freedom, they do great things. They give back, mm-hmm. they're philanthropic. And so my clients are able, uh, are able to more than 20 to 25 X their business value in five years or less with this strategy. So a $44 million company can grow to $60 million company or more in five years. And it's all possible with the right strategy. Oh, that's kind of like being in the, it's kind of like being in the fast lane, right? The HOV fast lane, you stay in the slow lane and get there 20, 30 years from now, but why not get there in a couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. I'm keeping you in my Rolodex because that's always been one of my long-term, long-term goals on the vision board was to own companies that other people run. I don't want to do it forever. I don't. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely. (laughs) And I like that idea of being part of the people who create, like even copywriting has always been fascinating to me because that's more sales oriented writing, but to create a product or a sale or a conversation out of thin air, just it takes something special and not everybody is willing to do that or to even try to do that. So I love that. And creating value the way that you do. Incredible. Incredible. No brainer. So tell me a little bit more about, because I know that we talked a little bit before the show about your journey and that it wasn't always smooth sailing. So I know that there was a time back in the pandemic when we all struggled that something happened to your business that almost threw things off track. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Well, Angie, I've had lots of times in my in my career where things have threw me off track. But but the one you're referring to was the pandemic. As as many people experienced, I had just broken into uh, kind of a new segment of consulting. So before I was coaching like five hundred thousand dollar businesses and below, and mm-hmm. I attended this. I you know I, I then studied like how to really help bigger companies really, and their problem is culture and people and leadership and all that kind of stuff. So I broke into that. And within three months, I went from, you know, where I was before, I think it was like 3000 a month to over $19,000 a month in three months. And this was right as the pandemic was just kind of boiling up over in China, you know, hadn't really hit over here yet. Mm-hmm. And then it hit here. And within a month and a half, I lost 75% of that income. Because these were these were companies that I, the ones I was attracting, there were a lot of service companies. There were companies that were getting sh- shut down. They they were their they were just their future was very unknown, and so pretty much got turned off. And th- that was nine clients I picked up in three months. Wow! And so yeah, so I mean, I I finally found something. I was like, yes, I am just kicking ass. Excuse me. <laughs> and, no, and you can swear it. on the show. Okay, all right, cool. I mean, that's yes. the name of it, right? So, yeah. so I was kicking ass in three months. I had picked I, from from three thousand to nineteen thousand. What? How? Who does that? Like right? nobody does it. I, yes. Celebrate it winning. Was, yeah, and then I was back down to like seven thousand or something, seventy five hundred, which is not. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm paying my bills. Life is good, but I was on. You know, I was on the trajectory, and mm-hmm. so. 
what I did though is is I I took a pause and I and I pivoted. And so what I did is I took everything that I had learned and I've been practicing and I turned it into a video collection, a mm. video of how to take. Uh, so I you know I turned it into sixty videos over the next four months of how to transform anybody's business from wherever you're at to amazing. And and it goes into sales and marketing and unique value proposition, financial strategy, people, leadership, right? The whole, whole thing. Love it. And so then I turned that into a course that I was then able to sell because it was a lot cheaper than coaching and it was a lot, just a lot easier. And so I was able to pivot. And within a few months, I was right back up where I was before. And, and it's less work in a course, right? You just, here, here's a course. Yeah. <laughs> Self-directed, you get to yeah. you get to take yourself through this at your own pace, fit it into your own life. And if yeah. you get stuck and you decide you need additional help, well, who better to help you than me? Like, let's talk about what there that looks go. like. Yeah, I do love that, and I feel like a lot of people, especially folks who come at business from from a freelancer, you know, I I, I almost see these as elevations, even though that's not really accurate because I don't think one is above another. But if I'm thinking in terms of like graduated steps, there's employee there's freelancer, there's business owner, there's entrepreneur. And like, these are kind of the stages that we go through in growth to get to the kinds of companies that you're working with. And I think that that was that evolution between being the consultant freelancer service provider to getting you to business owner to get you. So I just think that that's interesting. I don't know if I've interviewed anybody else that had like that clear pivot point where it was like, all right, cool. Moving out of trading time for dollars into... Yeah. We're starting to create our product line. Love it. Yeah, totally. Um, and how to like, how did you even come up with what to do? Was it all the questions that your clients had asked you over the years? Like, what was the inspiration behind that? As far as what to do in the course? Yeah, just coming up with the 60 videos and doing that in four months. That's just astonishing to me. <laughs> um, I actually had kind of a format from one of my mentors of how to transform a business. So it was, it was and yeah. so basically I just, you know, took his stuff and he's like, yeah, take it, make your videos. You're good. Um, and, you know, I just, I, in, and over time, I kind of created my own uh, format as well and molded it into my own uh, since then, especially for larger companies. But, mm-hmm. but really it's just, it, you know, any company wherever, from wherever they're at to get to where they want to be, it, it's, it's all a formula. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all a formula. It's not this like magical thing. It's this foo-foo thing. It's a very logical step. You start here, you do X, you do, you know, you do step one, two, three, X, Y, Z, and, and you get there. And if you, and if you skip steps, well, you could be skipping over something that could have been a very important foundation. Hey, I'll give you an example, um, a unique value proposition. Any company that's out there, if they want to be able to have the proper margins to be Mm -hmm. able to scale a company, they have to be different than everybody else or else why would somebody pay them more than anybody else? And they just get commoditized. So they have to have what's called a unique value proposition that truly differentiates themselves in the marketplace so they can charge more and have enough money. So when the money comes in, they can afford things like automation and people to be able to scale the company and remove themselves from the operations. Otherwise they just, you know, the the commoditized companies, the people that don't have unique value propositions, they're the same price as their competitors. And they're only going to get to a certain size in their business. And they're not going to go any further. They're going to be stressed out day to day. They're trying to grow. Or if they do grow, they just come right back down because they're the, you know, the single operator. Oh, yeah. And that makes a whole lot of sense to me. I feel like I've coached a lot of people that had the same kind of challenge. 
And especially yeah. when it came to money, they're worrying about, well, where should I set my price? And I asked them, well, what do you want to make? And that just starts us down a whole spiral of like self-worth. And I always ask Good. them, like, if you don't know where you're going, how are we going to get you there? <laughs> it's like the Cheshire I mean, cat. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care if your goal is $500 yeah. a month or $5 million yeah. a month, but you've got to know where you're going. I don't have any judgments. You have to know where you're going. So, and it was interesting to me that you brought up the unique value proposition, because that's another place where I feel like people get really entangled. They go, Mm. I don't have a patent. I don't have this unique mechanism. That's another piece of that. I don't know what about me stands out. And has it been your experience with people that you work with that sometimes it's the company leader, it's the company personality, it's their approach to doing things and their unique perspective is enough of a unique value proposition, or is it something else? Uh, could be. Typically, it's not so much that. It has to be something that's tangible to the mm. client, something that makes a difference. And typically, it's it's around uh, quality of product, speed of delivery, and or experience. It's typically one of these three things. And uh, you know, I'll give you like one of my one of my clients. Uh, she's a, a mergers and acquisitions. Um, administration company. So she handles all the documentation, all the administration, everything else that's going on for large billion dollar mergers and acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And prior to work with me, she didn't really have any unique value propositions. She had them, but she she wasn't pulling them out of what she was doing and then putting it into the marketing and sales to mm-hmm. allow her to differentiate herself. We've done that now. And like for one of her things is she has this dashboard that she created, this phenomenal mm-hmm. dashboard. And it outlined the entire MA process. And it's a real-time thing. And all of her clients can see it, see exactly what's done, what's not done. None of her competitors have that. It's an amazing thing. In one second, you can see exactly what's going on. And so that we turned that into a unique value proposition for her. And it's something that's on her website. It's on her marketing brochures. And it has gotten her a shit ton of business because we pulled it out. And that's just one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so fantastic. Uh, and yeah. I love that you have kind of a process to help somebody identify that because it's so easy to get close to what you're doing and lose sight of the forest for the trees. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely focusing more on mergers and acquisitions now. But for the right client, I'll I'll, I'll take on a coaching and consulting client. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, and if you need somebody to refer to, I do coaching and consulting now. So that's that's yeah. Great. There you go. Right on. Oh, man. And I love that you talk about there was a whole reason that I brought up the pandemic shift, because that's one of my favorite times to talk about business. And not just because of the impact that the pandemic had, which for some people, it was horrible. So I I admit that like there were a lot of businesses shuttered, a lot of lives impacted all of my love. But I also love the fact that there were so many people that went, well, this sucks. Now what? Now what? Okay. I got to do something different. Yeah. That pause and pivot that you said, I want to put that on a freaking mug or a t-shirt or like, I won't, I won't tattoo it on my forehead, but maybe somewhere (laughs) else. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. Yeah. I'm not going to tattoo it here. Uh, And I like triple checks the spelling on all of the tattoos. So um, just, just how many people, struggled and went under because they just got stuck looking at that door that closed. I can't serve people in person and that's all that I know. So I guess this is the end for me. And I just want more people out there. If, if your story can inspire anybody to just pause and pivot, what else can I do now? What 
this door closed. Is there a window? Is there a ladder I can scale? What else can I do to get out of this box that I'm in? You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I kind of look uh, at acquisitions almost as a pivot. And and we're going into, um, there's a lot of uh, very large financial, you know, kind of companies that are predicting companies uh, that are looking at what's to come. And a lot of them are saying 2024 is going to be a recessionary year. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and so there's, so there could be a lot of business owners out there that are, you know, in the slow lane there, they don't have that growth or organically coming in. And so it's a great point to be able to pivot into potentially looking at acquisitions. And especially if you have cash, cash is king going into a recession because what happens in a recession, just like you said, Angie, is most people hunker down. Most people, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hunkering down. I'm not spending any money in marketing. I'm not spending anything. And and because of it, business, the smart people have positioned themselves actually right now. So right, right now is a fantastic time to start positioning yourself. Get your Get your word out there. Get your name out there, who you are. And then when it comes time to buy and gobble up all these companies, you're already in position, right? Mm-hmm. That's is, what yeah. one of my friends said. Uh, you know, recessions and downtimes are when millionaires are made because yeah. they're zigging when other people are zagging. They're out there taking a risk, knowing that the win is in the long term. It's not right now. So maybe I take an initial loss right now, or I'm super stressed and stressed right now, or maybe not. Maybe you had enough cash stockpiled, exactly like you said, to make this a net win. But like, take that risk do what others aren't willing to do and grow. Growth is painful sometimes. Well, absolutely. And being in the slow lane in business, it has a lot of pain points. Well, mm-hmm. One is that when you're growing that slowly, you're generally limited on your operating income that you can afford to invest in, like I said, leaders or people or technology. So you're a much higher risk of burnout because you're doing everything and impacting your work-life balance. It also mm-hmm. impacts your profitability. So with that small growth, you typically have to reinvest your profits into the company continuously to attempt to grow faster. That affects your mm-hmm. lifestyle, prevents you from realizing what you want. And, and it impacts your growth. When you enter yeah. the world of acquisitions, you learn about something called multiple arbitrage. And um, I'd love to take a minute and explain to the audience what multiple arbitrage is. Hell yeah, Would let's that do be it. Okay, okay yeah. cool. So this is how we're going to make millions out of nothing. This is, you know, before what I was talking about, it's all good and great. But this is the real reason to do, besides generational wealth, right, which we're going to build. So let's say you're a $4 million annual revenue company with a million dollars in EBITDA, right, which is basically your net cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. So with that size of a company, uh, how they how they determine the value of a company, it's basically your cash flow times some kind of a multiple plus whatever whatever other assets. So with that size of a company, that multiple would be maybe a four. Okay. So so in this case, your company value might be four million dollars, one million in cash flow times four, four million dollars. So let's say you acquire two companies. Mm-hmm. First one's the same size at four million. Okay. Now you have two companies under one umbrella, $8 million in revenue and $2 million in cash flow. Mm-hmm. Follow me so far? Yeah. So you then acquire another company for 8 million, right? So because you went from four to four, you're eight. So that you do it again next year for 8 million. You're now at $16 million in revenue and 4 million in cash flow. So here's here's multiple arbitrage. This is what we're talking about. Just because you're a larger company, the multiple that you're going to be bought for goes up. So your multiple increases from, in this case, it would be from about a four to a six. So you only paid $12 million for the two additional companies, but because your multiple are six now, the value of that company under one roof 
is now $24 million. Your original company had a value of 4 million. So that is an automatic $8 million in equity generation just for putting a few companies under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. And this roll-up strategy, it's, it's, it's ingenious, really. It's multiple arbitrage. And this is why you simply cannot stay in the slow lane. You have to pivot, get yeah. into acquisitions. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know, and, and yeah. just making, this is what I love about value and why I hate when people kind of get stuck on dollars and money. Because I keep going, yeah. well, but dollars don't exist. <laughs> like, not really, not anymore. I can't go out into the backyard and pick a dollar off a tree. But yeah. I can actually create one out of thin air in the ones and zeros that are floating above our head. I can create value exactly like I know that that's that's not entirely related to what you're talking about, but I still just find that fascinating about how new and interesting combinations, new and interesting portfolios can just exponentially increase value. And that's the key, guys. That's the key. Stop trading that time for dollars. Absolutely. Stop it. Absolutely. And no judgment if that's where you're starting, by the way. If you're a freelancer or if you're just dipping your toes into business and you're hearing us talk about a $4 million company and going, yeah. well, I don't know something. if I'm on the right show. This is, I'm glad to be able to bring people from just starting out to your level of expertise to share the full business journey and all of the perspective and all of the bumps and the pivots along the way so that people can see what's possible and where they're going. And that's really important right. to me. You said mm-hmm. it's a journey. It's a journey. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. And some people are going to enter this and decide it's not for them and go back to a job. Totally cool. Some people are going to enter this and stay freelancers. Some people are going to stop at business owner. Some people are going to go all the way to entrepreneur. Some people are gunning for Elon Musk and they are not going to stop until they pull him down. There you go. I love love all of you. All of your goals are valid. Let's do this. And if you get to where you're gunning for Elon Musk, I know who you need to call. You need to call Patrick. There it is. Boom. (laughs) Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. Please tell us more where we can learn about your business and check you out online. Yeah, absolutely. So um, first of all, on LinkedIn, uh, my handle is Patrick V. Rogers, and that's V as in Vincent, R-O-G-E-R-S. And my website is PatrickVRogers.com. P-A-T-R-I-C-K-V as in Vincent, Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S.com. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. One of those awesome. Two. We're going to make sure that they have clickable links in the show notes so you don't have to worry about a thing. We got yeah. you. Awesome. And thank you so much for being on the show. This has been an enlightening conversation. I really hope that everybody got as much out of this as I did. Very cool. Thanks for having me, Angie. That's all for now. If you want to keep that kick-ass energy high, please take a minute to share this episode with someone that might need a high-octane dose of you can do it. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Permission to Kick-Ass podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. I'm your host, Angie Coley, and I'm here rooting for you. Thanks for listening, and let's go kick some ass.